You're listening to Tech Talks Pandemic, a podcast project of the Women's High Tech Coalition and Wiley Connected, a platform of podcasts on tech, law, and policy produced by Wiley Ryan, a Washington, D.C. law firm. In Tech Talks Pandemic, the public and private sectors come together to chat about the government response to the coronavirus and how tech, big and small, and across industries is stepping up to help. I'm Christina Wilcox, Executive Director of the Women's High Tech Coalition. We are a nonprofit, 501c3 nonpartisan organization founded to promote the exchange of ideas among leaders in the public and private sectors, whose focus is technology, innovation, and the development of public policy. Learn more about us at womenshightech.org. I'm Megan Brown, board member of Women's High Tech and a partner at Wiley Ryan. Wiley Ryan's a law firm at the nexus of technology, law, and policy with a uniquely DC perspective. You can find us at wiley.law. We're delighted to bring you Tech Talks Pandemic. Thanks for listening. This inaugural episode of Tech Talks Pandemic features Congresswoman Susan Delbene from Washington State's First District. Congresswoman Delbene has been in the House since 2012 and sits on the Ways and Means Committee and the House Select Committee on the Modernization of Congress. The district she represents in Washington was hit first and hard with COVID-19 in the pandemic. So the Congresswoman has been on the front lines of this and dealing with the public policy implications for quite some time. Congresswoman, thank you so much for your ongoing commitment to the Women's High Tech Coalition and for being here with me today. Absolutely, thanks for having me. So you have a deep background in technology, both from a business perspective and from the science side. Uh, So we were really pleased you agreed to be on our first Tech Talks Pandemic podcast. Um, So your district in Washington State was hit first and and certainly popped early in the pandemic. Um, How is your community doing? And how are you liking teleworking as a member of Congress? (laughs) Thanks for recognizing my community. I have an incredible community and it has been a very difficult time for us. We've been doing in this for a long time now, since this started. The first case was in my district, the first fatality is in our district. Um, So this has been a a long, hard road. Um, We are making progress that we're starting to bend the curve. People have been staying home and we're seeing great results from that in our region and across our state. And it's really through a lot of great work from our public health officials, our first responders, all of the essential workers who've really helped to keep things going and to keep people safe. Many folks are teleworking. I'm at home right now and with my husband and my son and his girlfriend. We're kind of our our group here. And we've all staked out a corner of the house <laughs> to telework from. So it is a very different style of working. It's a way to at least communicate and stay connected with folks. Um, my dog wants to constantly go out on walks though. So he is a, a distraction to everyone, but otherwise um, we're very fortunate that we're all doing well. Well, that's really good to hear. And I'm glad that your family is well and healthy and we're all practicing social distancing and learning this sort of new normal. One of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast with Women's High Tech is to help folks hear firsthand about how technology, which you mentioned already with the teleworking, is supporting the nation's response. My law firm has gone all remote. We're now in week five, which is mind blowing because time has become a very weird concept these days. My kids are doing online school. We're using the gig economy to get deliveries to our parents. How are you seeing technology in particular play a supportive role in your district that's notable? 
Well, it's playing a major role, I would say. Um, here we are um, teleconferencing. I think most folks are spending their days not only from a work standpoint, but from a personal standpoint, connecting with their coworkers, customers, friends, and family through technology. Um, it's been through video conferencing, um, maybe traditional telephone, email and chat. So that's, we've seen huge increases in terms of how people are communicating using technology. You brought up schools. There's one example where we've seen a huge change and maybe a change that's happened more quickly than most folks were prepared for because we went from one week kids going to school to a couple weeks later, folks being told that they were going to have to try to do school from home. Bothell High School in my district was one of, well, I think it was the first school to close because of uh, the coronavirus outbreak and they had to move to online classes. And they've had a lot of success there, but um, it's been a challenge and clearly um, to, for teachers to adapt, for parents to adapt with children at home where they're trying to work and keep kids on school. So all of these things have been changes where technology plays a big role, but in some ways we haven't had the time to prepare the way we need to, and we're kind of doing a little bit of that on the fly. In a way, though, it may be sort of a welcome sort of kick in the pants on some policy issues that, you know, we're sort of thrust into this situation that I think it would have been very hard from a technology perspective to get people excited about planning for. Everyone's sort of flash cutting to all of this new technology. So maybe it'll just accelerate. Um, certainly I'm seeing with some of the folks we work with sort of an acceleration of plans that maybe were a few years out or they were thinking about and all of a sudden became real because of a use case that now you know can be viable. But are you seeing sort of limits on technology's contribution? I mean, lots of people talk about the digital divide and I was curious um, if you're seeing any limits on how technology is, is helping or hurting? And if so, is it changing your policy goals? I mean, part of what you do every day is think about the laws we have and the regulations we have and sort of how the government is helping or hurting the economy and, and technology. So are, are you changing your policy goals or, or how is this informing them? Well, you know, I have a, a very diverse district where it's a technology, a global technology capital here in the Seattle region. And you can drive an hour away um, from the home of Microsoft and be in a place where we don't have rural broadband or even very good cell service. So the digital divide is quite pronounced. And I think while it has always been a goal, folks talk about the need for rural broadband, this highlights even more how critically, critically important it is that we don't just talk about resources for really broadband, we make it happen. It's not just broadband for some areas too, it's access to computing devices and making sure that students have the things that they need so that they can have education online. And so it is a policy issue, but it's also how do we not only put the policy in place, but make sure that we get that infrastructure built because unfortunately with rural broadband, this is not something that we can say, oh gosh, we need to do that. Let's do that. So tomorrow um, these communities have access. This is something that takes time and effort and planning. And um, we've talked about it a bunch, but we're seeing really the, the incredible impact of not having that in place already. 
I would also say that we have seen just because of the huge demand, companies trying to keep up a lot of folks who already had services, but have had just incredible load. And so thinking about what that load is like and going to be like going forward if people use technology in a way that they haven't before. Um, that's definitely been a limitation. And I think a lot of technology companies are trying to figure that out. And then I'd say, if we look at kind of broad policy, we have to be thoughtful about things like privacy, something that I've been very focused on for a long time. We can't have information going out and being shared, et cetera, without being very thoughtful about what this means for consumer privacy and making sure consumers have control of their personal data. So I've been working hard to make sure that we have federal privacy legislation. We need that in place as people use technology more and more as they're buying things and relying on technology for every aspect of their daily lives. Um, we need to make sure, again, that people are also protected and whether it's personal information, um, geolocation information, these are areas where we haven't put policy in place. Uh, and we're behind, where internationally, folks like Europe have already done this. So um, I have legislation there, but that's something we really need to get ahead of. It's, I'm glad you mentioned that because we, you know, in my regular day job, other than women's high tech, we do a lot of privacy and security counseling and, and representation. And we, we have seen the consensus move towards federal privacy legislation because it's difficult to deal with diverse state either legislative requirements, regulations, gaps. Do you think that the current environment where there seems to be maybe a shifting set of tolerances for uses of data is potentially an opportunity to push ahead on some of that federal privacy legislation that I think most stakeholders think we need federal privacy legislation, there's some important questions that I think are standing in the way of consensus on the details, but do you think that this current environment is going to maybe shake any of that loose? Do you think it's going to change how people think about that legislation? Well, I hope that it continues to remind people how important this is and that this is a critical policy we need to put in place. It's really about protecting people's basic constitutional rights. And so this is something we need to make sure our laws are up to date with the way the world works. And now we're seeing more, more about the way the world works and the challenges from a different perspective in terms of the kind of enormous amount of information that flows. And again, personal information that flows when we rely so much on technology and the concern about abuses. So I would hope that this makes it a more topical issue when we are back in session. I'm going to continue to push because I do think it's important and it's hard to address these issues retroactively if someone is information has been used um, in a way that they didn't expect um, that damage can be done. So we need to make sure that we're doing this um, right away and that this is an urgent issue. So I'm hopeful that it would put it higher up on the radar of members of Congress, but it also is something that I think people also have to remind their legislators about um, because that public push, I think, is also going to be important for us to get legislation in place. Yeah. I mean, these issues are hard, right? When, you know, I, we've watched the legislative debates in, say, the Washington State House, and there, there are 
some hard issues in there, but you know, I, I think that's a great message to send out that if folks, the stakeholders, whether it's consumers or businesses, if, if this is something folks want, then they know who to call. They know they know who <laughs> well, to call and, their representative. And you know, I put out a piece of legislation. I think it's very important that we have legislation that's federal legislation. I mean, you pointed mm-hmm. out the challenges we would have if we have disparities between different state policies, you cross a state line and all of a sudden your rights might change. Um, We need a federal policy, not only so we have the consistency um, so that a small business would know how they're supposed to set up um, their policies to, to protect consumer data, but also we need to have a voice at the international table here. And if we don't have a domestic policy, it's hard for us to really be helping to set global standards. So that's also going to be important because when we talk about privacy and information, it's not just what's happening when we talk um, to others within the United States. We need to think about these as global issues because they are global issues. Do you think, Congresswoman, that, I mean, the the European, some of the European countries and some of the Asian countries have been pushing ahead with some of the, for example, um, tracking um, activities using mobility and the wireless networks to do contract trace, contact tracing and things of that nature. I did see the letter to the White House that I think you uh, signed on to about concerns of around some of the initiatives. Do you think that we should sort of be trying to push ahead like some of the European and Asian communities in in getting technology to help with this? Well, we want to use the tools that we have available to help fight this pandemic and to save lives. So obviously technology can be really important there in doing that when we look at things like contract tracing, et cetera. Um, So that's important. But I also think we need to think upfront and be very responsible about how data is used. And I believe we can do both. Mm -hmm. So the letter you were referring to, um, we just said as people might be using data in a response to the pandemic, that we need to make sure that folks are adopting core principles like anonymization of data, making sure that we have security in terms of how data is stored, um, prohibiting re-identification, making sure there are retention policies and destruction of data after the pandemic um, so that people's personal private information is not exposed. And we can do that, but we've got to make sure we insist on that so that folks aren't overstepping bounds and using data in ways that were not expected and where people do have their personal privacy impacted. And you can't get more personal than someone's health information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I think the way you framed it um, very optimistically, we can do both, right? I liked that that phrase that it's certainly, you know, we can do that. Uh, we can do this um, and meet this challenge. Congresswoman, is there anything else you wanted to Share. I know we've got, uh, you were very generous with your time to give us a few minutes while you're uh, managing constituent needs and and helping legislate and all that. Is there anything you want to share at the end here? Well, I think it'll be interesting as we go forward to see if this changes how we use technology, if folks do figure out ways to telework more. Um, We definitely know 
from a healthcare standpoint that this has really pushed forward a lot of efforts using telemedicine and that could be something that's incredibly helpful in our rural areas or for folks who may not be able to get into a doctor's office quite as easily. So there's some long-term changes as a result of technology and the, the increased use that we've seen here that I think are gonna be very important going forward. And um, we need to learn from that and make sure again that we put policy in place that protects people, but also supports the incredible opportunities that we may see. Well, thank you so much, Congresswoman. I really appreciate it. All of the Women's High Tech Coalition board and members do as well, and really have appreciated your long-term uh, support and commitment to that group. Um, and listeners, if you want more information about COVID response resources, Congresswoman Delbeni's website has several pages with links if you need further information about any of this. But Congresswoman, thank you so much for taking the time and please do, you know, stay healthy and, and continue social distancing. And we hope you guys can come back to DC soon and safely. Uh, thank you so much. And you as well, stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Tech Talks Pandemic, a collaboration between the Women's High Tech Coalition and Wiley Ryan. If you enjoyed this episode of Tech Talks Pandemic, we encourage you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For additional resources and materials, head over to womenshightech.org and wileyconnect.com. Thank you for listening. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Tech Talks Pandemic podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Wiley Ryan LLP and its employees. The material contained in this podcast is not intended to be and is not considered legal advice. Transmission is not intended to create and receipt does not establish an attorney-client relationship.